New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We pray that you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. All right. So, like Ralph said, things are not quite business as usual, but God knows, you know, and this morning he knew that Christine would be um, with him. And as we talk about um, the multi-generational, I can't help but reflect on the fact that, you know, Steve and Gail, as the grandparents or the parents here, and then Christine and, and um, Glenn as the next generation, and then as their little ones, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, no, Aline, right, Alina? Alina and Zoe and Annalise, um, how, you know, they're the, the next generation. And so, you know, I'm putting the cart before the horse, but I can't help um, drawing that analogy that God knew we were going to talk about the generations today. So, um, so anyway, um, over the past couple of weeks, we've been laying out our vision. Um, we're going to put up the first slide, and just uh, you can see that... Um, Steve talked about our vision. The very first one here, this is what we're going to be talking a little bit about today. Uh, It ties in with our core value of being uh, generational, but it relates back to our vision that we are a large and vibrant, multi-generational family that loves God, loves people, and loves life. And then um, a place for healing, equipping and growth, an environment of freedom and the supernatural, a culture of risk-taking and partnering with God, a covenant lifestyle of wonder, a generous heart to serve and advance the kingdom. So I just kind of wanted to review that so you see we, you know, where, where we're coming from. And then um, from that, we go into our core values. And um, <clears throat> last week, like Ralph said, was an amazing service uh, when he talked about freedom. And then this week... Um, These are our core values, supernatural, biblical, kingdom-minded, empowering, identity, freedom, and generational. And last week we talked about freedom, and this week we're going to talk about generational. Um, So Psalm 105 says, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to all generations. The word generations is used 432 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times. I look at that as God doesn't ever waste, you know, his words. And so if he mentions it 432 times, it's important. And so from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, over and over, the scripture talks about um, to you and the generations to come to you and the generations to come, to you and the generations to come. It says it over and over and over again, always including the generations when he's speaking, even in the begats. And Grace and I laughed about, who's going to talk about the begats? But I mentioned them because God went through and and listed all of the generations, right? Because it was important, not only in themselves, but the, the part that the next generation would play 
toward the birth of Christ. So I'm just going to tell you a quick silly little story, <clears throat> but how important the next generation can be. So I'm a Star Trek fan, right? So I like to watch the old Star Treks, the reruns and stuff. And a few weeks ago, all right, so how many other people are Star Trek fans? Okay, there we go. Okay. So <laughs> you'll all be able to relate. Um, but a few weeks ago, I was watching an old Star Trek um, rerun, and um, the Enterprise is a spaceship, in case you don't know, finds itself like back in time in Earth's atmosphere, so it's visible from um, the Earth. And it's back in, like, I would say the 60s when the space program was, like, it just at the very, very beginning of the space program. And, um, and so they send up, a, like, an F-15 or an F-18 or something like that. And um, <clears throat> the pilot sees the Enterprise, and he's going to, like, you know, fire on it. So they, of course, know he's there, and they... they transport him, I won't say beam him up, <laughs> they beam him up onto the, um, the spaceship. Well, see, now he knows everything, right? He sees everything, he's, he knows everything. So now if they send him back, it's going to affect the timeline. So they don't want to send him back, and they tell him, we can't send you back. And he's like, you know, he's not happy with that. But, um, but basically they come to him and say, we, we don't have to send you back because you didn't make any significant contribution, in your life. Well, which is kind of discouraging, right? <laughs> but, um, you know, 20 minutes in, they come back to him and they say, actually, we are going to have to send you back. And Spock actually says, I made a miscalculation. He said, your contribution, I failed to consider the contribution of your children. And he said, one of your sons is going to be significant in the development of the space program. So sometimes, you know, we kind of look at ourselves and we think, eh, what have I done? You know, well, we all make a significant contribution, but you can't downplay the generations that are to come and the significance of the generations that you are part of imparting to. So on this next slide, I'm going to just kind of briefly go over the definition of what a gen generation is. So it's the average interval of time between the birth of the parents and the birth of their offspring. So um, one generation would be from my parents to me, the next generation from me to my children, the next generation from my children to the, the grandchildren. So if we just have a little cartoon here that kind of is real cute. And there you see you have your, th your three generations, from grandfather to father to child. It's just a cute little thing. Um, so uh, we also want to um, define what a generation is. A specific generation, one generation, is a people born and living at about the same time. Um, so we label generations like the baby boomers, the Generation X, the Pepsi generation, uh, so or Star Trek, Trek, the next generation. But no um, one was put up, no, just so you know, <laughs> or like Generation Y. <laughs> 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 
just filter that through a little bit. Um, <laughs> so the generation, we have the generation gap. It's the difference in the values and attitudes of one generation to another, especially between young people and their parents. So, um, but Grandma, how did you text on them? <laughs> so that's a little bit of a generation gap, you know. I mean, one generation doesn't really understand what, how the next generation or the previous generation did it, you know. So, um, but we as a culture, we attempt to pass on our attitudes, our values, uh, what's important to us, what makes us us and what makes us family. Sometimes we try to pass that on to the next generation. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But every generation will have its own uniqueness. We're not all exactly alike. Every generation is going to carry some of the imprinted or inherited traits on, and some they're going to develop on their own. Um, We typically think of the older generation as being the ones passing on to the younger generation, teaching wisdom, guidance, sharing stories and experiences. And if we're smart, we listen and we learn from them. Um, Recently, uh, Steve's grandma... Um, went home to be with the Lord, and he shared at her memorial service just about how um, the time was so precious to him spent with his grandmother when he uh, would go over and they would have, you know, coffee, and and she would download to him and talk with him, and he would just learn from her stories, her experiences, and just seeing her as a woman of integrity and strength and as a role model. And that's how we kind of pass things on, and then even as he and Joy were married and, and got together with her to learn her recipes, you know, I'll tell you this, it's never going to be exactly like grandma's. But, you know, we all add our own little um, something to it, and then we pass that on to the next generation. My mom taught me how to make this amazing chicken soup. I love it. But when I made it, when they came, my dad goes, well, whose chicken soup is this? And I said, it's mom's. And he goes... Uh, no, this is not your mother's chicken soup. <laughs> I mean, he really liked it. You know, it was delicious, but I added a little and I, you know, twisted it a little bit and it came out a little different. And so now when it goes to my kids, it's going to be just a little bit different. I think it's better, but that's okay. Um, so uh, so anyway, I have all those kinds of things with um, my family as well. Um, in in our heritage, we pass down things, whether you're Italian or you're German or or whatever. We pass along these things to uh, from our our um, older generation to this generation to the younger generation. One of the things that is one of my deepest core values, and we've been talking about this even for us individually, is family and making fi- family first. That was passed to me from my dad. He always told me family comes first. That's why you always hear me talking about it. It's why you always hear me up here preaching about it because that's my deepest value in life is that family comes first. It's a passion that you pass on. Um, Hopefully my kids, well, they are getting it. (laughs) No, they are. They are. And um, as well as to my New Hope family, You know, we have to be careful. We can also pass on negative things. So we have to be aware and be cautious and do our best to try to only pass on the best of us to the next generation. Um, We also have the opposite, where we can learn here from watching the younger generation. 
um, <clears throat> multi-generational, you know, we are not just looking at it from one way to the, uh, from the top to the bottom, or not that the kids are on the bottom, but you know what I'm saying. Um, we can watch them. They're open. They're loving. They're trusting. They can teach us how to have fun, to just be themselves. They don't have a junior Holy Spirit. They have the same Holy Spirit that's in us, so they are often even more in tune with the Holy Spirit and open and less inhibited, and they can keep it simple. They hear from God just like we do, and we can learn from them. I personally have learned so much from my kids that different things at different ages, but I'm less judgmental, more accepting, more open to change, um, more willing to try new things because of them. Um, I'll tell you this story. (laughs) My generation... My mom and my dad were not really big on tattoos, um, so that was passed over to me, and so I was like, you know, don't even think about getting a tattoo, and then my girls came home with a tattoo, and I was like, oh. <laughs> initially that really hit me, but um, I learned, and I, and I heard them, and I listened, and I understand that the generation doesn't... This generation doesn't look at tattoos the same way my generation did. You know, um, my parents looked at it as a form of, you know, rebelliousness. And my my kids look at it as a form of personal expression and art, you know, expressing themselves. And so I've learned and I've changed. And I have now I look at, hardly even notice people have tattoos. So we can learn from the younger generation. Um, and so all of this to say, you know... Um, New Hope values every generation. Every generation has a place here. We operate out of a culture of honor, and you will not find the children downstairs in their own worship service separated from us every week. Uh, The youth group doesn't have a breakout separate from us every week. We believe in a connection among the generations. Um, Growing together, worshiping together, praying together, dancing, believing together, being one together. And um, we're a family of generations, and we value each one. We do have some times where we break out separately. You know, the youth will have a breakout, or the kids will go downstairs for um, gold mine. But it's not every single week. You know, there's a balance because we value each generation and the significance of each one as a family. So at this point, Grace is going to come up, and um, she's going to talk a little bit and share a little bit more about God's perspective on the generations. Okay. I think I punched the... Am I good? Great. Okay, so with my thing, what I did was I, I go, why generations? What's the big deal about it? What's God's thing? Basically, want to go back there, find out about the Bible. I mean, we did joke about the begats. I go, must be a big deal someplace with God. So anyway, I looked up a lot of whys. I didn't look up generations. I looked up old and young. And here are some things that I found that I really liked. First of all, all generations are of high value. All generations. There's no generation that is excluded from the power or the call of God. None. 
Here's the thing I'm just saying. I know you're all like, there are not many kids here unless they're babies. But here's the deal is I can bet that some of you have this thought go through your head, I'm too old to really see something really great, or I'm too young, or I'm too whatever, right? And so I know, I mean, I do. Sometimes I think I'm too old, maybe I should have done that, you know, no, no, no. The generations are all important. So, so it's, a, it's a good thing. So, And then here's this thing that I just thought was so much fun, is God is generational. He's eternal. He'll go from forever to forever. But he's also generational in that he, God the Father, God the Son, he came as a son in infancy as a baby. He did a coming of age about 12 years old where he went and talked in the temple. You get it? So we're talking. And his ministry started at 30. That's pretty cool. God gets generations. He did them. That's a pretty cool thing. Uh, so it, it, generations are important to God. So that's why we have long lists of them. Jesus' generational things are interesting in that like Ruth was the grandmother of David and then David became the, you know, the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus. So we have all these things happening in the Bible where it's a really big deal. Obedience was blessed in the generations. One person would get another. It's very cool. So um, then we have promises in the Bible that are for old people and promises for young people. Just saying. So we're going to whip through a few things. It's going to be fun. Okay. So here's the deal that God wants us to know for new hope and he wants people to know, period, is everyone has something to bring to the table. Everybody, young, old, even babies make me happy. And they don't say anything. They just make us happy. Okay, so then there's also the experience of a history with God through a lifetime that goes with the mature, as she mentioned before. And this is the kind of thing that we, that the older generation, and I find myself doing this more and more the older I get, and I'm really old. No, I'm but no, kidding. But, I, you know, the thing I find myself doing with my groups, kids at school, wherever, is I end up telling stories about the time I remember when God did this. I remember when this happened and God answered prayer. I have stories to tell. I am in some senses of the older generation, not that there's not another generation older, but I'm older than them. I'm older than my students, most of them. And so... it's just kind of a cool thing. So there's this place and there is the storytelling she mentioned. But we, if you're older, whatever that means to you, you have stories to tell. But here's the deal. You're not just giving the scripture verses. You're saying, this is how it worked out for me. You're giving life things that they say, oh, I see how that worked. Like, I can remember sitting in a restaurant with a... I thought she was an old lady. She might have been my age at this point. I don't know. It was a long time ago. But anyway, we're sitting in a restaurant. She's telling me all these stories about how God gave them food. And she prayed food into their house when they had absolutely nothing. Love it. If you've listened to Graham Cook, you love his stories. You know, there's just all kinds of things. The stories are important because it's not, it is, we love the word of God here at New Hope. But also... We want it to be seen as actually experienced in real life. 
That's what we want. That's part of the deal. And so some of those stories you can get from the old folks. They don't have to be that old. They just have to be old enough for stories. And so people like Jessamine has some stories. She's young, but she has some stories. I bet she's told a few to some 10-year-olds over the years or whatever age she teaches and so on. So anyway, and we have also, we see God's importance in the characters of the Bible where he doesn't cut anybody out. We see Abraham promised. He's old. He has a baby. Sarah, she's old. She has a baby. Caleb, he's old. He takes a mountain. Samuel, We see him both young and old. He starts young, but we see the call of God on him at a very young age where God starts to speak to him. Child, but we also see his fruitfulness at his old age. We have David, started young, took care of sheep, accomplished a great deal as a young man, killed a giant because he knew how to do a slingshot. He gets old. He's a king. I mean, all the way through, his generations through that. Joseph, we see, from a young guy, has dreams. He's very prophetic. And then he goes through a whole lot of garbage and really difficult things, which I'm not telling the whole stories, but you know what I'm talking about. So there's Joseph, and we see him come to maturity, enough maturity where he takes his older father back and buries him in the right place. I mean, we see the walk of God through the whole deal, and we see Jesus, as I said before. So... Here's some scriptures that kind of put that all in perspective too. Psalm 40, verse 5. O Lord my God, many and many a time you have done your great miracles for us, and we are ever in your thoughts. Who else can do such glorious things? No one else can be compared with you. There isn't time to tell of all your wonderful deeds. Okay, that's the old people, so put up your hand. Anybody in here is fair game, because what I want to do is I want to pray for you to be released to tell the miracles of God. Got it? That's who we are. To the younger generation, because you'll see why in a minute. So I release in the name of Jesus the storytelling gift. It's not in the Bible. I just made it up, but it'll work. So I release a storytelling gift of the stories of miracles and the wonderful things God's done for you. I declare boldness over you to do that very thing. So you say it where it needs to be said to whoever's available, whether it's at a dinner or a restaurant or over coffee, whatever doesn't make any difference. God says you need to talk about the good things he's done for you. You need to do it. Just receive it. Yeah. Okay, then. That's the old people's thing. Don't forget to do it. It helps people a lot. Then we have the young. We have this whole thing about the the generational thing. We say, what about the young people? Well, in Matthew 18, 18, it says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of God. So here we are. Older people as compared to the people downstairs. So, we tell stories. Here's the characteristic of kids. They'll believe anything. I mean, you become as a little child. You, sometimes people say, well, they're innocent. Well, sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. And, but 
Okay, so here's these little kids, but they will believe things. And so your job is to tell the stories. Their job is to hear them and take action. Make sense? I'll tell you, I went downstairs and I taught one week. Well, actually, I've done it more than once, but recently. So I went downstairs and I taught one week, and these kids are great. I taught them how to hear from God, and these were like, I think, third, fourth, fifth. Something, yeah. So I'm in there, and they were so easy to teach. I had like 10 minutes with them. So I said, well, here's how you do it. And I knew they know the five senses. So I said, you know, see, hear, smell, and, you know, the whole five senses. And I said, God does the same thing. And I said, so let's try it. They were so in. It was easy. Really easy. It was amazingly easy. And, and, and they knew the five senses, so they said, okay, well, what I see is this, and they just jumped right in because, you know what? I'm old. I told them stories about how it works. It worked for them, and they just jumped right on. But other people have done it with me. I mean, I'm not the only person that's done that downstairs. But there are other people that have taught, and so we as the people, that's one of the ways we pass on the good things of God. God does this. Have at it. And they go, okay, it's mine. So we have every generation having their own greatness. I mean, I'm not talking from great-grandparents who threw that, but every generation does have their greatness. In Proverbs 20, 29, it says, The glory of young men is their strength. The splendor of old men is their gray head. I'm glad it said that about men because we women change it. Just kidding. But this, the gray head there is a thing of honor, a thing of wisdom. It's something different than just the color of your hair. So we're talking about each generation having its greatness, strength, and then there's wisdom. She already said worship is inclusive of all generation, but I like these verses. Psalm 148, 11 through 13 says... Kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth and heaven. So everybody, all generations, celebrate in worship. It's it's a wonderful thing. And, you know, I've seen a few old guys... Uh, you know, like, oh, is, anybody know who Kim Clement is? <laughs> his, his concerts are really wild. Okay, people standing on chairs and all over the place. But I saw in this one worship thing I went to in Detroit, like, a number of years ago, there are people, old guys, old guys, seriously, standing on chairs, dancing all over the place. It's crazy, but they're praising the Lord. So I'm not saying that every old guy here has to do that very same thing, but I'm just saying there is a celebration that no matter what your age is, that God delights in wonderful worship. Okay. God also calls himself the God of families. And, um, and there's in Jeremiah this thing where it talks about um, people that are delivered, and it also talks about the responding in joy in terms of the generation. At the same time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. 
Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when, uh, when I give, when, I'm sorry, when I went to give him rest. And then later on it says, Then shall the virgin rejoice in the dance, and the young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy, will comfort them, and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. So there's this thing where when we survive as the generations, we also rejoice. And God sees where we mourn and turns it into dancing. Even this morning, even though this is a sad time in many respects for so many people when I've seen my father's died I've had good friends I've had a, seen a lot of people die and you have too but there's a thing that happens heaven seems closer and we sang that this morning and it's for all eternity it's more than just a generation For us as believers, the generations don't just die. We can actually celebrate with them. We just can't see it yet. It's an amazing thing. I love it. I mean, my sister had dreams of my grandfather singing to her, and he'd been dead a long time, but it ministered to her. It's interesting how God gives us dreams, does all kinds of things. So to God, there's no block. There's a waiting time for us. And it's okay to mourn, but eventually the mourning turns to dancing. And we will find a day where those that have gone to heaven before, we get to have this wild dance party in heaven along with them. It's going to be amazing. So the power of the Holy Spirit is for sons, daughters, young men, and old together. We've talked about junior Holy Spirit, but again, I love this verse, Acts 2.17. It will come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see vision. Your old men dream dreams. Uh, That's generational. I mean, what's to explain? It's what we're all about here. Um, Also, God, I I thought it was important to to spend a little time on the value that God has for children in Psalm 127, 3 through 5. It says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Children are an honor and a privilege. I don't have any other than spiritual children and such. But children are an honor from God. And the thing that's cool is it says... You know, they'll speak with their enemies in the gate. That doesn't mean a whole lot unless you realize that at the gates of the city were places where decisions were made. There were significant things happened. That gate or opening was, you know, the place of business. There's a whole lot of stuff. And you meet your enemies at the gate. That means you have power and authority and influence. It's an important place to say, oh, and comes from children being a heritage. 
oh, I have influence because I have children. And it's different, but at the same time, there are those, you know, it's like the verse that says, which wasn't one of the verses, that that children will rise up and call the woman blessed in Proverbs 31. Because of that influence, there is significance. Don't let the enemy tell you it's over for you. I don't care how old you are. If you've been doing it, stop it. You don't want to do it. You want to receive the power and the authority and the grace God has given you. And when you see children, keep blessing them. Actually, there's a, you know, we, when you think generational, you go, okay, there's this generation, that, and you know, we want to include everybody because our society is all about inclusiveness. But actually, with the generation, generations comes power. It's powerful. You're blessed if you bless the children. The children are blessed as well. And they can bless you in wonderful power. Okay, and then uh, we also, there's this thing about investing in the children and it talks about in Matthew 18, the place where if a child is offended, it's better that a millstone gets hung about his neck and about offenses and that kind of thing, not to despise little children. They're not trouble. Here's the thing with kids. Sometimes they're just, you know, like, or anybody. It could be grown-ups or it can be college kids or junior high. It doesn't matter. But sometimes we have to step back and say, what is the eternal purpose of this child, adult, person, whatever? If they're not dead yet, there's a purpose. So you step back and you begin to ask God, What is the influence? What is the blessing? What is the good things that God has prepared? It doesn't matter. And so children don't become bothersome. Or I have kids that say, you know what, because I have student teachers and all. And they'll say, well, I just can't stand junior high kids. You know, they're just so crazy. Well, they're wonderfully crazy. They They are a little crazy. But wonderfully so. Some of the creativity and the amazing thing God wants to do through junior high is just very cool. And so you kind of have to know that. So it's not just, you don't wipe anybody off because of their generation or age you love. Okay, so then, here's another thing. When I, when I was looking through these things, some of it I just, you know, some of the Old Testament things you go, I don't know what to do with that. Deuteronomy 28, you know, it has a whole bunch of blessings and a whole bunch of cursings. And so you go great if, with a blessing. And then when you read the cursing, you go, that's pretty depressing. I mean, and we talk about freedom from the law and all that kind of thing. And that's cool. However, I found this thing that I realized told me some of God's values. Here's one of them. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies. A nation whose language you do not understand, a nation of fierce countenance, which does not respect the elderly, nor show favor to the young. So obviously, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to put blessings and curses on you at this particular time. I'm just saying, God values respecting the elderly and favor to the young. 
It's good to know because if it's in there, you go, this is something God likes or doesn't like. He likes that. Also, then we have this thing where God uses the metaphor of a mother to describe himself. Isn't that great? You like it, women? It's, it's not a male-female. that we know. I know we're talking generational, but mothers are a big deal in generations. Without mothers, we wouldn't have them. So, <laughs> duh. <laughs> so, um, for thus says the Lord. Oh, this is in Isaiah 66. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the Gentiles like a flowing stream. Then you shall feed on her sides, shall you be carried and be dandled on her knees. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you. And you shall be comforted in Jerusalem. This is to Israel. But yet at the same time, we see God as the generational mother who can hug you. And love you when you want to just forget it. Or when you feel too old. I don't know about your mothers. But ideally a mother says. Oh yeah keep at it. You can do this. You, you've got more to go. Yeah yep yep you messed that up. But you know try it again. I mean fathers do the same thing. But here we get this thing. And when we fail that hug of saying. It's okay. You can do it again. And I remember one of uh, my dear friends that when I go, I just, I just can't do that. I must be an idiot. I can't, oh, I don't know what to do. I just can't get this. And she would say, not yet. Which says there's a future and a hope. There is a yet. And which is wonderful. And that too, by the way, men and women, that's your job over the younger generation is to give them a not yet, but totally saying, but there is a future and there's definitely hope. We honor each other despite the generations because it's all about love. Bottom line, it's love, seeing what's in the generations. In Malachi, it says, God desires to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. It's all about love. It's really, in one sense, not at all about generations, but we tend to think like that. We do, and it, it, you know, we see it on TV. I've, you know, read reports on, you know, what does this generation want? What do they need? And they actually want and need some interesting things, but they need different things actually than when I was young. It's kind of funny reading some of the things. They need a phone with unlimited texting. <laughs> I didn't need that at 18. I hadn't heard of it. I can remember 18 or 19, and somebody saying there will be phones where you can see the other person i'm going oh no i don't want to do that i'll have to get up and fix my hair. i don't want a phone like that wrong i do it on a regular basis <laughs> but god has wonderful love for us there is fruit in the orchard ready to be picked we have it here at new hope We're investors. 
We're investing in people in the next generation. And you also need to invest in each other. Because if I invest in you, that means you're going to go someplace and bear fruit, younger, older, whoever. I have stories to tell. I do. And I tell them. You have stories to tell. But sometimes a child comes up and has a story to tell too. And we listen as the older generation because their stories also are a thing of, this is what Jesus did for me. I asked for a new bicycle and I got one. Or I asked for Jesus to heal my mom and he did. Or Jesus did this. or So many things. But really, the spirit of God in us is amazing. And he's not junior, but he looks very different in different people. I called my mom this week. My mom had a stroke back in October, I think it was. And um, I called her because my car got stuck in my driveway. And I, you know, I get it plowed, but it was stuck because they plowed me in from the city. And the I couldn't get, you know, uh, AAA to come for two hours and I was going to be late for my classes and it was freezing out and my car was like in the middle of the street so you're sitting there I'm going two hours that's not good I was frustrated because I never used AAA been a member for like a gazillion years but anyway they can't help me when I need it so um, (laughs) so but I'm back in the street trying to figure out what to do and I called my mother who's tired and doesn't always talk really clearly but I called her up and I said mom pray because this is what's going on, and I something's got to give. And she goes, okay, you know, and she hangs up, you know. And later she calls, and of course she was praying. And actually it worked out. I got out, like, about, from that time, it took about 20 minutes, because somebody else came and helped me. I had neighbors coming out of their house. It was a very cool thing, and then somebody just helped me get out. It was really good. But then, you know, so I call her back, and I say, thanks, Mom, for praying. You know, I still need you to pray for me. Sweet. You know, because with her, I'm a child. So we all have our generations. But God wants to answer your prayers. And he wants you to bring encouragement to whoever. I can see somebody the same age as me. Or actually, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to move here. Here, here. Hang on a second. Okay. Oh, I, I'm go- I promise I'll let you go. Come here, Lena. Come here. Lena's older than me. Lena is older than me, but she lets me hold her like a child. So there are times where Lena, to me, even though I'm older... She's a child. Can you feel it, Lena? Yes. Yes. (laughs) So I can mother whoever I want. So the generations don't always make a big difference of your age. It depends on love and what you have to give to whoever generation is around. So go get them. And I just bless you in the name of Jesus to look at generations differently, to love because that's the main deal, and to be able to be in a place to receive mothering and fathering from whoever has the Spirit of God because he is the eternal Father and will never quit on you.
He will never leave you, forsake you, or fail you. Tell the stories and also hear the stories and receive from God. In the name of Jesus.